0: I think I'm having an art attack. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Art Attack with your host, art historian Lizzie Dastin, and myself, artist Justin Buah. How you doing, Lizzie? I am great. (laughs) Ah, Yes,
1: slightly terrified now. Yes,
0: we're on (laughs) coffee. Coffee's so good.
1: It's delicious. I am really excited to talk about our theme today, which is L.A., quintessential L.A. art, L.A. legacy, and how artists who are working in this beautiful city of ours, how they have irrevocably shaped the trajectory of art as we know it.
0: Well, let's backtrack here. Lizzie is born and raised in Los Angeles. She's a Los Angelino. And I am from New York City, but I've been here for over 20 years, so that makes me a transplant native at this point. So we both have our roots here in Los Angeles, and I do think that LA is one of the greatest cities in the world. People from New York don't hate, appreciate. People from up north obviously hate LA, but I think they're more into hating LA because they have no great reason to hate LA. They're because... just
1: cold because it's rainy up there. Yeah, and by the way,
0: <laughs> I love it up north. My Me mom too. lives. My mom lives up north, uh, so much love for LA. And like you said, Los Angeles really has produced some of the best artists uh, over the last 20 million years, actually. No, I'm kidding. Oh, but, <laughs> but seriously, L.A. does have some of the greatest painters alive. It used to just be that New York, right, was the epicenter for the art world for so many years. But now you can be in L.A. and just be killing the game.
1: Right. Well, that is the supposition that New York is the center the heartbeat of the art scene in the United States. And I think that that's a correct statement, but also it's correct to say that LA has made these phenomenal contributions. And I think that with contemporary art, you know that we talk a lot about street art and graffiti. And I think that what's coming out of LA is so much more dynamic and exciting and diverse than what's coming out of New York. But Ooh. I know. Ooh. I know fighting Ooh. words the, there. The, the gauntlet <laughs> has been
0: thrown, Mike <laughs> dropped,
1: and ripped
0: <laughs> go. Please tell us why.
1: Well, I think that <laughs> in answering that question, it might be worth going back a few decades to the 60s when I really think that LA started to make its indelible mark. And possibly it's because of the layout of the city itself. And as a reference, there's this architectural historian named Rainer Banner, uh, Rainer Bannum. There we go. It's a hard word, hard name to say. And he wrote a book called Los Angeles. And in it, he said that people have room to maneuver. And I think that he meant it in a literal way. But I think that psychologically, that's so important because In LA, there's room for experimentation because we have the energy of a city that is kind of marginalized, or we don't have the type of pressure that people in New York certainly felt in the 1960s. They're the ones who have to generate, that's where all of the big guys live, that's where the abstract expressionists are, all Manhattan-centric, or the East Coast. And so in LA, artists had room to maneuver creatively, stylistically, And some pretty big things happened in the 60s and in the 70s. So Duchamp, he had a show at the Pasadena Art Museum, and Andy Warhol saw it. Ed Ruscha saw it. And they were both really influenced by that show. And there was a gallery that opened in the mid 50s called the Ferris Gallery and the Ferris Gallery is very significant because that's where Andy Warhol had his first show of his first solo show and the first time that the soup cans were displayed and as we know the soup cans really launched pop art it articulated the the style of that movement and the concept of seriality and that started in LA
0: would that you was say? your. You, you, that was. I mean, a, I
1: could go on. I no, was no, no, just no, no, wanting no. to give you an opportunity to no, react. I mean, I,
0: I, <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, look. Los Angeles has. I would say we have some of the greatest street artists, right? I mean, you're, you're going all the way back. You got or the early the early artists like the scenes and um, the Dondies of New York City, the Lees of New York City. Those were like New York centric, but then you have like the hand styles, you know, the Chaz. You got all those guys who came up uh, from CBS crew, all those, you know, MSK, all of those crews in Los Angeles. And some of those people now, like Retina, are really big in the fine art world. But you have like L Mac, you have Mirror One, you have OG Slick, you have all these guys who are really powerful artists. Plus, you had the Beyond the Street show here in LA, plus you had the first the first street art show, you know, years ago.
1: Art in the streets in, in 2011. Streets. Yeah.
0: And you had that here in Los Angeles. So I think Los Angeles is much more of an accepting community in terms of that. And, and let's be real. What happened to New York also in the street movement is that when Giuliani came in and kind of cleaned up New York City... And even before that, when they started buffing the trains, there was less of a canvas for artists to express themselves. Los Angeles, you could go out in the world and not get caught. Or you just had a lot more landscape to paint on. So I think a lot of it had to do with like, you know, and it always is. You see it in the b-boy world. Like, yeah, you see the early adapters of, of Rocksteady crew going global, New York City breakers, dynamic breakers, and next thing you know, Los Angeles is the second generation. You've got Air Force crew and some of the other crews that are coming up saying like, hey, we can do it better than New York and we're going to go harder, stronger, more power moves. And you see the same thing in Los Angeles. And of course, in Los Angeles, though, you've got the influence of you know all the shit that's going on in the jails and the streets. And it's, it's rough. It's rugged. It's the tattoos. You know what I mean? So New York, in a, in a different way, had a different kind of Uh, ruggedness, but, but California had that kind of like slick, scary ruggedness. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, especially with like the whole tattoo lettering, uh, hand styles. So I just feel like here and you've got, you just got so much of it and it's omnipresent. Where, Where are you really painting in Manhattan? Like you used to back in the days, it's just so gentrified and homogenized and people are very, careful about where they get up as opposed to LA where I just think you can just get lost out here.
1: I agree and I think that that connects back to that charismatic concept of room to maneuver because literally we have that room in LA because it's such a big sprawling city and the streets are wider and so I think that you have more opportunities in a literal way but also since the pressures of the New York typical art scene don't connect to the artists here. They don't extend that far. Artists, I think, emotionally do have that freedom to play in a way that allows for these incredible artists to emerge and for some really disruptive styles. And certainly street art and graffiti from my studies, it starts in New York. It has that root in Manhattan, but I think that it's traveled. It's traveled to LA and so many of the artists that I admire are working here. And the really cool, innovative installations are happening here. And I think it it goes back to just the makeup of the city, that we have this freeway system and it's, it's easy to get around Manhattan on foot. But I think that's kind of hard and problematic for some street artists because the cops are always there and the punishment is a little bit more intense.
0: So who do you think that people should be looking out for in Los Angeles? today i mean who's really who's an la artist and, and, and before i even say ask that question i have to say you have you have a whole other school of artists out here too because you have you have great you have great art schools okay so you've got you know you've got your art center college of design in pasadena shout out to my alumni in the head news. you got that school otis you got otis you've got a lot of good art schools here so you got a lot of good programs a lot of good teachers uh and a lot of really realistic painters like the Jeremy Lipkings of the world, where who, you know, you just got really talented people, plus you have the animation industry. You got the big studios, the Disney, the DreamWorks, the Sony, the Paramount, you know, you got all you got EA Sports. I mean, you've got a lot of artists in the industry here who come from all over the world, from France, from Germany, and all over just to kind of put it down here. So,
1: Okay, so I know that your question is about street artists that I want to follow and street artists, I think, who are doing really cool things, but... This point that you just raised about international artists coming to L.A., I think it really is such a significant one and also extends in this lovely way to architecture. And we haven't talked too much about architecture, but L.A. has some exceptional examples of mostly domestic architecture, also some corporate ones too. And that is for the same reason, because right after World War II, or maybe when World War II was still going on, All of the prominent architects, or several of them, they wanted to flee the conflict. And so they came to California, really inspired by the weather. They landed here, people like Neutra or Schindler. And I think as a result, we have some pretty stunning examples of European-style, simplistic, sometimes prefabricated architecture here. And we can still visit them as a local, which is really cool. And then the other thing that happened is that there was this guy who had architecture magazine, and after the war, he put up this call for action to architects. He said, this is your challenge, should you choose to accept it. Make the cheapest house that you can using prefab materials. And architects did, and that's how we got the Eames house in the Pacific Palisades, the Stahl house, Mm. and these really phenomenal jewels And I see architecture in a similar space to street art because with both worlds, art is a part of our everyday. It's livable. It isn't just this rarefied day moment, couple of hours even, where you go to the Getty and you know you're going to see art. Architecture, we pass all the time. We live in constantly. And I see that kind of contact as very similar to street art in its democratic nature. So we have that because of circumstances like the war, but also just architects living in Los Angeles and being exceptional. But that's another way that this city distinguishes itself. And then we have Geary and we have Frank Lloyd Wright and all of these tremendous visionaries who are working here.
0: So people are are living in an architecturally rich, rife with culture place, even though LA is not really known for that. I mean, it's known for more new, you know there's a lot of craftsmen and a lot of really crappy apartment buildings in LA as well it's not rich like new york rich you know you don't have the empire state building the chrysler building the you know the nye brothers who who built all those crazy skyscrapers but you're right i mean there's definitely some beautiful landmarks architecturally here but I want to go back to my initial question, which yes. is to you, Who, what artists now in Los Angeles are really breaking ground? Don't say me. Okay.
1: Me. But besides me, who else? <laughs> Present company excluded. Yep. I would say Bohemia Incorporated. It's a collective of two artists. And what I think is so dynamic and wonderful about them is that they're using a sculptural format, which you don't often see in street art And the reason I thought of them initially is because we started to talk about the freeway system and how that differentiates this city from New York. And they put up this mermaid out of styrofoam, but they painted the styrofoam to look like concrete and they put it up on the 10 freeway right by Overland. And it's really hard to see. And I remember driving by, you whiz by on the freeway and you're always kind of in your own world, hoping that the drive will end. But I remember seeing almost like a vision that there was something on the side. And it seems like this mermaid was undulating in the concrete freeway bank. And it was so beautiful. Mm. And that was their work. And they do all sorts of sculptural installations. And it's always treated, styrofoam treated to look like concrete. And to me, that is just such a celebration of LA. Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't work in the same way in New York. Because the fabric of the city is different, and so to me that is a site-specific, city-specific crew to look out for.
0: You know, I once read uh, David Hockney once wrote that the light in Southern California in Los Angeles was was different. It was di- he liked painting in this light because it had that kind of like sharp, clean, uh, non-atmospheric relationship to to canvas and. I really, that that hit me when I was a kid in New York. You know, when I would look at David Hockney's work and I would see his his paintings. I actually really do like Hockney. I think he's really cool, especially his collages. I'm a huge Hockney collage fan. But like just his swimming pools, that kind of stuff. It just feels so LA to me. When you go to that, you know, Mulholland, or you go to the Hollywood Hills, and you go to that house. You're lucky enough to be invited over to a pool party with a lot of cocaine and, (laughs) you know, whatever. Not like I've done that. But yesterday when I was there, no kidding. When I, so, but when I look at a Hockney painting, I get that feeling, you know, that like Los Angeles quintessential light, that Los Angeles quintessential, uh, like interior or exterior of the pool. And Hockney is somebody I think who is a really good example of somebody who paints LA well
1: brilliant example, which is almost ironic because he is British, but But he nails LA and especially in the sixties. And another difference that I see between LA and New York that registers in his paintings is that New York is a very exterior city. People are always on the streets walking around. They don't care as much about their apartments as we do here, Mm. but LA is so interior. Mm. And so what Hockney paints, what he seems to celebrate, is the domesticity of Mm -hmm. an LA world. But it isn't just domesticity. To me, it seems particular to a queer domesticity. And often we see men who are either showering, there's one outdoor shower, or a man coming out of a pool. And so I love that about Hockney because The other side of what was going on in the 60s in LA is the work of Ed Ruscha, who is hyper-masculine. And the whole vibe of the Ferris Gallery was this heteronormative, I am really aggressive, very, very masculine in a, a normative way. And so for Hockney to present something else, another side of what it means to be masculine, that I just think is a lovely counterbalance. So Ruchet and Hockney working at the same time in very different aesthetics, but both under this same California light, I think is is really an elegant thing that occurred.
0: You know, another artist that I think is an important artist, and I think she's kind of known as the best painter, plein air painter. And in my opinion, the, you know, the people that I know that are plein air artists, consider her to be the best, if not one of the best painters alive, is Jennifer McChristian. And she is, uh, she's just a phenom. Really a phenom. And I used to go to her, uh, her and her boyfriend's uh, drawing workshop all the time. And I always noticed she was good. And then she just got like better and better and better. I saw this incredible evolution of skill. And I think, It's funny because I definitely think she's probably the best plein air painter I've ever seen in my life. And she lives here in Southern California in the Los Feliz area. So uh, anybody out there, check out her work. Jennifer McChristian, she's just incredible. Just incredible. And a
1: recap from our episode on Impressionism. En plein air means that you paint outdoors which is yeah. also specific to the california climate so it yeah. makes sense that she would be yeah influenced. she's
0: she's an expert at capturing light but she's also really good at the figure it's not like she's like oh she sucks at the figure she happens to be an annoyingly phenomenal at everything annoyingly <laughs> only because i wish i was that good annoyingly just in a jealous <laughs> way but no she's really important painter and she lives in Southern California. So it's funny because you've got like a Jennifer McChristian, you know, who's a beautiful um, plein air painter. And then you've got Jeremy Lipking, who's a, you know, who's a wonderful figurative painter. And then you've got guys like me, you know, and then you've got guys, you know, all the way to the other side painting on the street or, or can't crazy canvases like, you know, the mere ones of the world. You've got all these different kind of artists in Los Angeles representing Southern California, representing art,
1: Yes, because if you think about the nature of L.A., there are so many little neighborhoods with different feels and different vibes. And so the art accommodates that. And then we have someone like Rouchet, who's interested in the built artificial landscape. And that is really a through line in a lot of his projects when he will paint standard gas stations over and over and over in this serial approach to something that is vernacular and seemingly insignificant. And then the way that he will paint his atmosphere, which almost makes it seem like fire. And that reminds me of the 1965 LA riots. And so we have someone like that and then somebody more playful like Baldessari, who is playing and skewing scale to activate some kind of humor and that that type of approach to his work. Mm-hmm. So we do. We have this incredible diversity in L.A. that is reflected in the nature of the city itself. And I'm glad that you brought up this female painter because I wanted to talk a little bit about the 70s and feminism because L.A. was a really important place, a, a space of... Uh, almost a laboratory of experimentation. And this is most notably seen with Judy Chicago, who is the the most probably iconic contemporary feminist artist. And she and this other woman, Miriam Shapiro, a phenomenal artist, they took over this house. And it was somewhere in East L.A., 75 years old, and it was about to be demolished. And they, along with their students, re- just renovated it, the entire thing. And every single room was a different statement about feminism. So the kitchen had all of these eggs along the the walls that looked like these boobs, so these protuberances. There was a bride descending the staircase. There, One of my favorites was the bathroom. There was a woman made up of sand in the tub. And so I think that that delicacy and the eventuality of her dissolution was a pretty elegant way of talking about the role of women at the time and so it's this massive temporary installation called woman house and that was the first of its kind and so a really innovative use of both architecture and activism and art and that happened here
0: yeah, it's obvious that L.A. is the center of the world. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It used to be, it just used to be like the center of Hollywood. You know, and then you know the porn industry, and then you know we have a lot of industries in Los Angeles. But it's interesting how you know with with fashion, even it's become one of the epicenters of fashion. It's not just New York anymore. It's not just Paris anymore. It's not just London. And the same could be said of the art world. The art world has you know gradually kind of drifted to the West Coast because motherfuckers be looking for gold and gold is getting made out here. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is it's it is a gold rush of sorts.
1: And uh, of space.
0: And of space, you know, and I think that has a lot to do with it. There's just more space. And I, and I think, um, you know, I think our currency is still celebrity. That's definitely it. Like I feel like New York, the currency is money. In D.C., the currency is power. And in L.A., I feel like the currency is still shallow uh, and but I but I feel like even some of the art is very reflective of that in a making fun of it way and also in a not making fun of it way because they're just participating in the celebrity of it all you know much like knowledge Bennett just celebrates you know uh, people who, who who are really famous you know what I mean uh, he's not making fun of it you know what I mean he's celebrating it and so I think that there's a lot of, a lot of artists like Knowledge Bennett who's, who's kind of celebrating it. And then other artists, obviously, like Robbie Connell and Shepard Ferry, are, who are making fun of it.
1: Who are subverting it. Who are
0: subverting it, yeah. And it, you have both sides of the spectrum. you know. So I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a broad place to create and a lot to draw from. Pun intended, by the way, <laughs> a lot to draw from. But did you hear that one, Manny? <laughs> you like that one, you little menshu?
1: And it really bothers me, probably because I have a tiny chip on my shoulder being from L.A. Mm-hmm. and having to live in a world where everybody thinks that everything good comes out of New York. It annoys me when people say that L.A. is cultureless because yeah, true. it is not true at all. Also, the world of cinema and TV—that's a culture. It yes. doesn't have to be we yours. We have Kim Car- but-
0: Kardashian. Okay, you call us <laughs> cultureless? How about <laughs> Khloe Kardashian? How about
1: <laughs> Kelly? 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 I don't know. What's her name?
0: The other Kendall? Kardashian, Kendall Kardashian.
1: Oh god, I knew that. Yeah, but you know what that is a culture and we do have that and I don't want to discount that LA, like you say our currency is celebrity, but also our currency is really exciting architecture and yeah. really dynamic street art. And
0: great museums, honestly, yeah. like people people like, you know, people sleep. We have the Getty. You know what I mean? We well, have I think
1: LACMA is even better with that phenomenal installation by Chris Burden. I know that people like to take a lot of jumping photos with the lampposts, but do you know about those lampposts? They're culled yes. from various decades of the, the last century, and they're all from different neighborhoods in LA. And so we have some from the 40s. There are a couple lampposts where there are swastikas that have been painted over. And it's because it's part of the history. And so really that installation is about the timeline of the city. And it's a total celebration of this space, of this place. And it's also really unique for Burden because typically his performance art, it taps into the vulnerability of the body. He has this one significant... A piece called Shoot that he did in LA, of course, because that's actually where all the good stuff happens. And he had an assistant shoot him. Mm. And he was influenced by the culture of Westerns and how we glamorize guns. Shoot him with
0: Physically a gun? Physically
1: shot him with a gun. Yeah. And the assistant- Wait, 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 wait. Stop. Yep. All right. Be-
0: back up. You can't just say- I just, I get so you excited. Can, no, but you can't just say like <laughs> th- that this dude got shot for an art experiment and not not talk about that. Okay. I'll
1: use my words. So it was a controlled environment and Chris Burden, the performance artist who was also responsible for the light installation at LACMA, he asked his assistant to shoot him in the shoulder And Burden, the whole thing was very choreographed and it was going to be filmed and it is filmed and it's up on YouTube if you want to see it. It's kind of disturbing, but he flinched. And so the bullet didn't go where it was supposed to. And he ended up being more injured than he had intended. And this relates to various projects of his. He did one at Oberlin College where he was nude and strung up by a, a string attached to the ceiling. And he held a camera and the entire piece was, the string was cut and it was filming his descent and eventual crash onto the floor. And so Burden is always pushing the boundaries of the body And I think it's really interesting that when the Vietnam War was going on and all of the protests surrounding that, all of, as I say, this glamorization of guns, which is a topical issue today, that Burden is trying to understand that and also subvert it.
0: So guys, if you come to our wonderful city of angels, Los Angeles, also notable museums are the Broad, of course, and I think one of the hidden gems in LA, and a lot of Los Angelinos have never gone, is the Norton Simon in Pasadena. I love the Norton Simon. Phenomenal. And no, it's like weird. It's like you talk to people like, oh, you should go to the Norton Simon. Like, where's that? You're like, it's in Pasadena. It's a great, it's a great freaking museum. We've got wonderful museums, a lot of culture, a lot of architecture, a lot of great artists. It's all happening here. In L.A., we love L.A. We love it. You know that song? Where we no. love L.A.
1: If the Kardashians don't sing it, I don't know it.
0: <laughs> shallow. What a what a Los Angeles shallow Los Angelino.
1: Also, the Weissman Foundation. That is a super super hidden gem, and I agree with you. The Norton Simon is tremendous. The Weissman Foundation is a private collection. And the Weissmans were these incredible art benefactors and collectors, Mm. and half of their collection is really at MOCA and Uh LACMA and MoMA, so they're constantly showing their work in these established institutions. The museum is free. You just have to make a reservation in advance. They have these super annoying um, instructions as to how to get in. You have to go in one single car, even if you're traveling with tons of people. Anyway, it's annoying, but it's completely worth it. Check it out.
0: Guys... Come to Los Angeles and you'll see the best art ever. Thanks for listening. Peace.